Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. After the apocalypse, a pandemic survival story. Season 3, Episode 10. Panic Attack. A bell rang out. It was calling all residents of the distribution center to assembly. Like a ship's bell, it told a sharp, bright clang with every crank of a handle. The citizens were starting to gather in the courtyard behind the administration building. Michael turned away from the office window and let the red curtain fall back into place. In a few minutes, he'd have to address the community. They had a right to know what was going on. He would need their support when he responded to whatever happened next. He had to get himself under control. He couldn't let them see his worry and anxiety. The future of the D.C. hinged on his ability to demonstrate leadership and make the right decisions in the coming hours. In a moment of uncertainty that could very well determine the success or failure of their community, it had fallen on him to lead. He didn't want to lead. He was a fighter. He was a fixer. He was a good instructor and right-hand man, but he didn't feel like a leader. He knew he had to inspire these people in the true sense of the word, right now, to fill them with spirit, fighting spirit. Not for the first time today, Michael found himself wishing the old man was here. He would know what to do, what to say. Michael tried to summon his courage, but was afraid, more than afraid, nervous like a deer in the headlights, not knowing which way to run, with the machinery of death bearing down. How? Could he lead when he wasn't even sure what to do himself? Mags had always been sure, sure of what needed to be done and why. She was a rock for this community, and truly, she was a rock for him. Someone he could count on, a voice of reason, part of the foundation on which he based his role in this new society. But she was laid up in the makeshift infirmary with her injuries now, 
in and out of consciousness, maybe dying. Oh, God, what would he do if she died? What could he do? How would the community survive? When would the death and chaos stop? Michael put his hands to his face, rubbed his eyes, and let out a long, plaintive sigh. He quickly looked around to make sure no one saw him. He couldn't give in to the fear. He couldn't panic, at least not in public. He had to put on a brave face, even if he didn't feel it on the inside, and keep moving forward. And the first step was to face the community, to tell them what was happening, to take in their fear and panic as his own, to pile their fear and panic on top of his own growing uncertainty and self-doubt. He had to take it all for Mags and be the leader this moment called for. Michael entered the rear courtyard from the administration building back door and forced himself to look straight on at the survivors crowded there. There was a palpable sense of unease in the crowd. Some people milled about nervously or shifted from foot to foot. Some were engaged in agitated conversations. A woman was crying as she clutched a confused child. The children, he hadn't thought about it until now. Should the children be here should they hear this news. His knee-jerk reaction was to protect them from the shock of it. But then, as he considered more, he figured they were entitled to be here. These children had all seen the death and destruction wrought by the virus. They were callous to hard news by now. These weren't children anymore in the old sense. They weren't pampered, protected, and insulated from harm like during the latter half of the 20th century. These children were akin to the hard street urchins of 19th century immigrant slums. They were forced to grow up fast to survive. They had experienced the hardships of life in the past few months since the world ended, scrounging for food, no sanitation, and the disease and death of the world out in plain sight. He saw it in their faces. They weren't children anymore. They were survivors. They had more reason to be here than anyone. The future of this community was their future. Michael cleared his throat loudly for their attention. Their faces were painted with apprehension. 
They turned expectantly to hear his words in the dim gray morning light as the remnants of the night storm scuttled away to the east. I know you've all heard by now that there's been an attack. He had their attention. Sometime after midnight last night, the two prisoners escaped and attacked Mags and the Sergeant Crane. Mags is hurt pretty bad and in the infirmary being watched. Sergeant Crane unfortunately didn't pull through and passed from his injury this morning. Crane was a good man and a good citizen. We will miss him. Michael paused, forced himself to make eye contact, and willed the tremolo of fear from his voice. I know you're all probably wondering what this means for our community and what we are going to do now. He shook his head slowly and raised his hand. Frankly, this is a terrible tragedy and a setback to our mission here. But we need to pull together and keep working. He paused again and finished his thought, speaking as much to himself as to them. We need to be strong, and we need to be brave. That's the example that Mag set for us. A man stepped forward. His eyebrows were furrowed and his face a hard mask of emotion. How did this happen? We knew Tasker and Harlan were dangerous. How did they escape? Wasn't someone guarding them? What are we going to do about it? The words exploded, rapid fire from him like a bursting balloon. Ray, does it really matter how they got out? We're not set up to be a high-security prison. They got out. They attacked our people. They're gone. As to what we're going to do now, we're considering our options and the best path forward. That's crap, Mike, and you know it. We should have killed those two when we had the chance. They wouldn't have hesitated if the shoe was on the other foot. A murmur of agreement rose from the assemblage. Mags decided it would be best to hold him, but what's done is done. We need to think about the future. Ray spat the words back. The future? What kind of future will we have when those two bring the rest of those killers back here? How are we going to protect ourselves? Michael saw the crowd becoming more agitated as fear swept through them like another killer virus. Ray, calm down. You're scaring the kids. We sent some men after them. We might be able to intercept them before they cross the river. If we can't, we'll get ready to fight to keep what we've built here. Ray had a look of doubt on his face. Are you kidding? You've seen those guys. How are we going to stand up to those heavily armed gangsters? Ray, honestly, we're still working out the plans. But we've got good organization and good people here. I wouldn't bet against us. I'll be honest with you, too, Mike. I'm not sure I like the odds. I lost my family to the plague. I don't want to lose anyone else. If you can't come up with a plan, I'm taking me and mine, and we're getting out of here. We'll go someplace safe. Why stay here when you know those killers are coming? Michael now shook his head. 
Ray, you're free to do what you want. But I'll tell you one thing I know for sure. There is no place safe now. The only safe places are the ones we make. You can go, but I'm staying. And if it comes to a fight, I don't intend to give up. And I don't intend to lose. Michael addressed the larger gathering in an appealing but resigned voice. What we build here, what we're going to build here is special. It very well may be our last chance for a life worth living. And I can use your help. Our community could use your help. If you want to leave, let me or Becca know. If you're going to stay, we will continue to build a safe place here. Michael turned away from the gathering and tried to walk with an air of confidence back to the door. Once inside, he was shaken and unsteady. If he admitted it to himself, he felt the same panicked urge to flee that the people did. But deep down inside, something told him to hang on, to face the coming storm. But they did need a plan. He instructed one of his guards. Find Brad and Becca and the watch leaders and meet me in the conference room. Brad sat uncomfortably in the conference room chair. He slouched back and crossed his legs, trying in vain to look calm and collected, but only achieving slightly uncomfortable. Michael sat at the front of the table and leaned in on his elbows. Becca, how's Mags doing? She's resting. I gave her some pain meds. She's in some pain, and she's in and out of consciousness. I think she has a concussion. We had to field suture a nasty gash on the side of her head. Becca continued. She had some very significant bruising. I can't tell, but she could have a broken scapula or broken ribs. If it's ribs, I'm worried about internal bleeding or a punctured lung. I just don't have the experience, really, to know for sure. She paused and opened her hands in a plaintive gesture. I really don't know. I'm not a doctor, but it could be pretty bad. Michael thought she was holding something back. Is that it? He asked. No, she, uh, well, she's peeing blood, too. Becca looked a bit embarrassed. Okay, thanks, Michael said. Watch your temperature. If there's a fever, maybe start her on some antibiotics. Becca nodded. That's probably a good idea. One of the squad leaders, a local guy named Mason, who used to run a farm stand, chimed in nervously. Is she gonna be okay? What are we gonna do if she dies? She's not gonna die, Michael protested, maybe a bit too much. Whatever happens, we'll handle it. Then, to the assembled team, Michael asked, I'm open for any ideas, folks. Any thoughts? I think we need a doctor, Becca said. Michael furrowed his brow. The old man? Unless you know any other doctors, Becca said. Yeah, the old man. We should find the old man and Janet and get them back here. Mason interjected. 
We also need to recall the field teams. Get our people back here. Michael nodded his head. Agreed. Mason, get a couple runners out to find everyone who's in the field and get them back here. Brad, who had been looking concerned, spoke up. I'll go. Go where? Becca asked. To get the old man. Brad stated with an uncharacteristic firmness. It's important. I know them. I'll go find them. Michael spoke. Thank you for offering, kid, but I think we need you here with us. Who then? Becca asked, looking around the room. We need someone who can travel fast and track them, Michael said. The college they're going to is about 200 miles crow fly from here. They've been gone, what, a couple weeks? If the roads are clear, someone could cover that distance with a vehicle in a couple days. They'd need to carry gas. Just then, the conference room door opened. What do we have here? Michael asked with a bit of a smile, leaning back. This is Echo, Willie said, referring to the girl child that clung tightly to her. I found her living in a hotel south of town. Echo? Becca asked. That's what I'm calling her. I don't know her real name. She hasn't decided to talk yet. How did a toddler survive all this time on their own? Brad asked. Not sure, but there was a body with her. I'm guessing her grandma. Maybe, uh, recently deceased. Willie grimaced and rubbed the child's head. But Echo's a survivor, aren't you, sweetie girlie? Willie lifted the little girl's chin with her finger and looked her in the eye with a smile. Aren't you, Echo? The girl shook off Willie's finger and burred her little head closer into the embrace. It was like she would get under Willie's skin if she could manage it, like Willie was a life preserver in a vast, dark ocean of madness. Willie looked around the conference room and sensed the mood. What's going on? Where's Mags? Michael quickly filled her in. Tasker and Harlan broke out of their cages. They killed Crane and injured Mags. She's laid up in the infirmary. Did you get them? No, they got away. But we have a few of our guys trying to track them. We're here trying to figure out what to do next. Becca spoke up. We need to get the old man back here. He's a doctor. Then she concluded, we're trying to decide who's the best to send. All eyes turned to Willie. What, me? Willie said, no, I can't. I can't leave Echo. I'm all she has. She's all alone. She needs me. Willie pulled Echo closer. Becca smiled and reached out her hands. Let me take her. I'll take good care of her. I'll treat her like my own. Don't you worry. Aunt Becca's got you. There are plenty of kids here. She'll be fine. Michael added. Willie hesitated. I, I don't want to leave her. She needs me. She's been through a lot. Michael continued, trying to be rational. Look, we need to get them back here. We can't risk Mag's dying. For all we know, that king and his army will show up here in a couple of weeks and the people are already scared. We need Mags. We need the old man and Janet 
and we need them back here or we could lose everything. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my survivor friends. Let's insert the sound effect of a champagne cork popping because this is it. The halfway point, emerging from the mist like a lost private island oasis in the apocalyptic storm. Who would have thought? Here we are, season three, episode 10. We dropped our first episode almost exactly two years ago. Who knew? I mean, I've been a podcaster since 2007 or so, and a creative writer my whole existence, but something happened when the pandemic hit in 2020 that shook these stories loose, and I decided to create this audio narrative about the apocalypse for you. I started writing these as an experiment, and I enjoyed the writing, and I dug the results enough to codify it into this thing we have here today. And my plan has always been to have a hundred episode run. Can't help myself. I suffer from Roman numeral syndrome. A century of episodes broken into five seasons. And here we are, halfway. So unless I accelerate things or I have a total meltdown, we have about 18 months to two years ahead of us. So fill those canteens and pull your face coverings tight as we push forth into the sandy storm of dark creativity that is the After the Apocalypse experience. So I'm still on the artificial intelligence topic this week because it's fascinating. Remember last episode I talked about the new generative AIs? I spent the last couple of weeks playing with the text-generating open AI platform, ChatGPT, that's the one everybody's talking about, and it's frighteningly good. And I will give you a few examples. So, I asked it the following simple statement. Write me a short poem about the apocalypse. And I even misspelled apocalypse. And it came back with, as the world... I should, I should put on some sort of uh, AI voice, right? I don't, I don't have an AI voice. 
as the world falls into darkness. The apocalypse approaches with a mournful cry. The skies are filled with ash and smoke as the earth begins to die. The air is thick with the scent of fear as humanity faces its final hour. But even in the face of impending doom, we will not cower. For even as the world crumbles around us, we will stand tall and face the storm. For though the apocalypse may come, we will weather it forever reborn. Not bad, right? Three stanzas, good rhyming scheme, good meter, and it even misspelled apocalypse the same way I did in the third stanza. Spooky. But as the pitchman used to say, that's not all, you can then go ahead and ask it to adjust the output to fine-tune it. So again, in our example, I gave it the following adjustment instruction. Use the voice of a child, make it more sinister, and use complex vocabulary, which is intentionally contradictive, right? And it responded with the following, which is a bit longer, so bear with me. As the shadows lengthen and the light fades, I can feel the apocalypse creeping closer. It whispers to me in the night, tempting me with its dark power. I am but a child, small and weak, yet I am drawn to the darkness within. For in the face of the end of all things, I am filled with a wicked grin. I revel in the chaos and destruction as the world crumbles and falls. For in the apocalypse, I am untamed, a creature of darkness free to roam. So let the apocalypse come, let it take hold, for I am ready to embrace the end. With malice and glee, I will watch it unfold. As the darkness consumes me, my soul to rend. So, very interesting how it, where it took this one, right? A uh, quick note here is it did misspell Apocalypse three times here in the same way I had originally misspelled it. So again, it's spooky good. It's also very dark, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't say anything about... <laughs> a child being turned to evil. But uh, in the first version, it ends with hope for humanity's rebirth. And in this version, the child is consumed by the darkness. So it's complex and it's dark. Uh, <laughs> what is our takeaway? Well, the good news is that the pace of innovation in our lifetime is astounding. We live in interesting times. The bad news is that we'd all better hold on to our seats because there is a huge wave of disruption coming in the next decade or so. Uh, by the time I get to episode 100, my writing may have become as obsolete as the morning newspaper on your doorstep, which reminds me of a Pink Floyd lyric from the song Brain Damage off of Dark Side of the Moon. The lunatics are in my hall. The paper holds their folded faces to the floor, and every day the paper boy brings more. Indeed, the lunatic AIs are in our halls. And I have a prediction for you. In 2023, not long from now, we will see a venture-funded AI publishing house emerge, where they are able to use analytics to determine what people are reading and listening to in real time, and then have the AI create that content immediately to fill that need. 
So here how it, here's how it's going to work. You're going to be talking about how much you love stories about rutabagas from outer space with your friend on social media. And then the same day, you're going to be offered a bunch of rutabaga-themed outer space stories in all your ads online. That's how it's going to come. So a couple of updates before I let you go. I have finished loading all these outro sections with all their links to my website over at oldmanapocalypse.com. Click the tab that says Posts and Content, and you will see them all there in the date order that they were released. And remember, if I was talking about some content, like Love, Death, and Robots, or Stranger in a Strange Land, or Day of the Triffids, those links will be where I talked about them. I also added a buy me a coffee button on the front page, and this way you can throw me some spare change if you appreciate what we do here without having to subscribe to anything. There are also links to all my social media and a contact form if you're dying to ask me something. And that number again is oldmanapocalypse.com. AI operators are standing by. As we say goodbye to 2022 and look forward to 2023, thank you for joining me on this journey. I appreciate you. So stay warm and keep surviving. Links are in the show notes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.